Bible, um, go ahead and turn with me to a passage that um, I've preached uh, from here before, but I want to cover, I want to cover some, some, hopefully some new ground with us this morning. Uh, in Romans chapter 12, I want us to read the first, uh, uh, the first 17 verses together, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 17, and I want us to talk about the, the importance, the imperativeness of of, uh, um, of understanding uh, church membership and, and what it is and the importance of it um, and uh, the, the, um, the call of, of Christ to, uh, of, to all of us um, as, we, uh, as we seek to submit ourselves to the, to the teaching of the Word of God. And so um, in Romans chapter 12, uh, let's start in, we'll start in verse 1, and like I said, go through verse 17. And uh, so if you're physically able to do so, let me invite you to stand one more time as we honor God's Word. Uh, Romans chapter 12, uh, beginning verse 1, and going through verse 17. Hear the word of the Lord that's given to us this morning. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And, do not, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, to the grace given to me, for every man is... Um, for. Uh, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according to uh, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of an, one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of our faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teaches on teaching, or he that exhorts on exhortation, he that gives, let him do it with simplicity, he that rules with diligence, he that shows mercy with cheerfulness, let love be without dissimulation or literal hypocrisy, abhor that which is evil, cling to that which is good, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with those that do rejoice, and weep with those that weep. Be of the same mind, one toward another. Mind not high things, but, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own, uh, your own conceits. Uh, recompense to no one, e no man, evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. Let's pray. Father, as we look at now the importance uh, of what it looks like to belong to um, a, a, a local assembly, we, we would pray that we would have a right understanding of this, that, that uh, God, as a, as a church that seeks to, to honor you and to glorify you, our, our prayer is that uh, you would help us to properly understand and apply um, the biblical truth of church membership. And so now we pray for your wisdom and your grace, your help, your aid in all of this, which is uh, impossible for us to do alone in our, in our own strength and power. But God, your Holy Spirit is certainly uh, powerful and, and is able to give us wisdom and understanding in all these things and much, much more. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Thank you. You can be seated. So I think I think as you look out at, at the just at the at the um, at the church and, and I use that in a general sense of the church, I, I think you you see um, a lot of different ideas about what it looks like to 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 be a member of a church or what church membership maybe even looks like. So I I I, I know that some people would approach it more from a um, a country club uh, mentality and and I say that because I actually had a woman once tell me that. Um, 
that uh, uh, that our, our church that the church there was uh, was sort of like a club. That's her words, not mine. And uh, you had to you had to uh, pay your dues in order to be part of our club. <laughs> Uh, that's not biblical, uh, but uh, but that was her thought on it, um, and uh, she she was very very honest about it, and I appreciated her honesty, even though she was completely dead wrong. Uh, but uh, but uh, but some people treat it that way. Uh, some approach it uh, without without much thought of of really what what it looks like, what it means for us to gather together on the Lord's day. Uh, what it looks like for us to honor Christ uh, as, as, as being called to, to, to gather together as a local church and, and belong to a local church. So there's a lot of different, a lot of different thoughts, a lot of different theories, and more than, more than those, those two, you know, um, than, than just those who don't give it much thought and those who, uh, who treat it as a, more of a country club. There's a lot of different, lot of different thoughts, a lot of different, lot of different thoughts on, on what church membership exactly is. But I think, I think for us, the 1689 uh, London Baptist Confession of Faith, I think really does help us in this sense. Uh, in chapter 26 on the church, the 1689 says this, uh, speaking of church membership. It says to th- that it, we are to, in it, we are to walk together in particular churches for mutual, mutual edification and worship. Therefore, being part of a local assembly is essential for gospel obedience. And that's that's I think I think a great way for us to, to think about this. That is that is we are called to be a part of a local assembly, and and in order for us to be a part of a local assembly, uh, we, if we're going to be obedient, we we have to be a part of a local assembly. And I, I know I, I have friends, I have even pastor friends of mine who don't believe in church membership. Um, they they don't believe that it's that it's biblical. But I, I want to hopefully want to want to make a case for us, particularly as a local church, to understand what it is, the importance of it. And, um, and, and, and why we need to be committed to, to this idea of faithful, godly, biblical church membership. So let, let me start off by just simply asking the question. In Romans chapter 12, as we, as we approach Romans chapter 12, and as we think about and as we think through what, what Paul is writing to the church at, at Rome, and Paul has just spent, just spent um, 11 chapters. Um, you know, Romans is, is considered the magnum opus of, of theology, of, uh, the theological book of the, of the New Testament. And Paul has just spent 11 chapters talking about uh, things like uh, the power of the gospel and how Jew and Gentile alike are, are, uh, are they, they, it is necessary for Jew and Gentile alike to come to faith in Christ. And he's talking about our responsibility uh, toward Christ and toward God the Father and the Spirit's work in our lives. And now we come to chapter 12, and he's going to pick up this theme. He continues on this theme of, of, of the, the idea of the Spirit's work in our lives. <clears throat> and he starts off with it with an appeal. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, or literally your, your act of worship. Uh, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, so, so when Paul makes this appeal to the church at Rome, what, what is he asking of them? What is he saying to them? What is he appealing to them exactly about? Well, I, I think ultimately that there are a couple different appeals that, that, he, that he's making to them. One is certainly that, that he's answering the question uh, of what, what does it mean for us to belong in a, in a local congregation? Uh, what, is, what, is, what is church membership? What, what does that look like? What, what, when we think of church membership, what is the importance of this? And I think the importance of this is for, is for us to see exactly what Paul is laying out here in chapter 12, and that is that church membership is a covenant. It is a covenant. Uh, it, it is an agreement. It, it's not. It's, I hate to even say it's a contract. It's not a contract. It's not a. It's not an oath. But but it is a sacred agreement 
between Christians and the local church that establishes accountability and provides care for, for one another. Uh, and and I, I would say um, this, this, is, this, is, this is why we who, uh, who, who are Baptist um, don't believe in baptizing our children because we don't believe that, that uh, the, the children can be part of the covenant community. They certainly can be blessed by, by coming. They can certainly be, be blessed and, and learn and have a great foundation, but they're not part of the covenant community. The only way they can be made part of, a, of, 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 the, of the church is, is through their own personal uh, faith in Christ. They have, to, they have to come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ themselves, and then having been baptized, they are made part of a, of a local church. And, and so we, we don't believe in, in, in pedo baptism because of that. We believe that, that baptism is for believers only. And, 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 and as a result, then church members, our uh, church membership is only for those who, who repent and believe the gospel. I don't think there's anything uh, too controversial in that statement. Uh, I, think, I think we understand that. Uh, uh, I think we, 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 do, we do understand that. And, uh, so, so, but, but what does it mean when Paul is, is appealing to them, when he's, when he's pleading with them, when he's urging them, when he's, when he's begging them to, to live their lives together in, reasonably uh, in, in worship and in service and in honoring Christ and all of these things, what, what exactly is he, is he asking them to affirm? Well, let, let, me, let me give you a couple different things that he's asking them to affirm firm here. The first is that um, as a member of a local church, the, ch- the, 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 the church itself affirms the Christian's profession of faith in Christ. We are saying that when someone comes forward and, and is either presenting for b- baptism through faith or coming forward, we are saying, yes, their profession of faith is, is good, it's right, it, it meets all the qualifications of the New Testament uh, to be a follower of Christ, and, and therefore the, the local church is setting their seal of approval on that believer's claim to be a follower of Christ. And the church also promises then in this, in this sacredness, in this covenant, the sacred covenant that we enter into, that we are going to oversee one another and protect one another and guard one another. And that's why Paul here in Romans chapter 12, he goes on and he says, uh, for I say through the grace given to me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the same measure. For Listen to this in verse 4. For as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another. In other words, as, as, as members of the church, as members of a local church, we are covenanting together to watch over one another, to care for one another, to protect one another, to hold one another accountable in all that we do because we recognize that we are all have different gift sets, we all have different giftings, we all have different thoughts, we all have different different ministries, we all have different blessings. And and so so as a result then as we work together, as we agree together in the sacred covenant, what we do is we we oversee one another's health, we see one oversee one another's spiritual health, we oversee one another's uh, uh, spiritual discipleship, we protect and we guard uh, in, in, uh, one another's holiness and godliness, and we hold one another accountability. I mean, if there's no church membership, how can we ever talk about gospel discipline? I mean, we just, it, it's not possible. And, and so some people, I mean, as we talk next week, as we talk about church discipline, um, th- there are going to be probably even more people who would say, well, how dare you think about disciplining somebody? That's, 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 that's evil. But as we'll see, like the, the very foundation for being able to hold people accountable and hold people 
biblically accountable for their, for their lives and their holiness and their godliness is directly tied to their commitment, their covenant agreement in the local church and submission to, to, the, to the authority of, their, of that local church. And so the Christian then, as a result of this covenant, then what are we doing? We, we see, we, we are seeing and appreciating the different gift sets that one another have, and we're, we're covenanting together, promising, if you will, that we're going to regularly gather we're going to, and we're going to biblically submit to the, the, the teaching of Scripture together. We're going to submit to the, to the authority of, of, the, of the local church. We're going to submit to the authority of the elders of that local church. We're going to submit to the, to the, to the, um, to the authority of Scripture, right? And we're, together we're going to walk and regularly gather, submit uh, in, to, the, to its authority and its teaching, um, the Scripture's authority and its teaching. And, and then with all of this talk of, of covenanting and, 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 and uh, account of holding each other accountable and all of this, I, I think the, the, the other thing that we have to see is that when a well-functioning local body is working as it should, the gospel message is going to resound. It's going to spread everywhere, and we're going to have a greater impact on our community. We're, we're going we're gonna, to, as we gather, we are equipping one another. As we, as we, as we, as we, as we hold one another um, to account for our godliness and our holiness, we are, we are seeking to take the gospel around the world. We, we aren't doing this for our sake or your sake or my sake or anyone else's sake. We're seeking to do this for the glory of God. And, and so as we look at a, at a, at a text like, uh, for instance, uh, Hebrews, chapter uh, Hebrews chapter 3, it tells us, it tells us in Hebrews chapter 3 to take care lest there be any unbelieving wicked heart among us that would lead us astray and lead us away uh, in Hebrews 3, 12 through 14. This is the whole point of, 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 of what, of what the, the writer of Hebrews um, states. He says, look, listen, we need to be covenanted together so that we can guard and protect one another to keep one another from falling into sin, to keep, to keep, uh, to keep ourselves and our families on, on guard against sin and, and that we are, we are not falling away from the living God but instead, not only that aspect, but the more positive aspect is that we are, we are not just holding each other account so that we don't fall away, but we're holding each other into account so that we are honoring Christ in the way that we walk, in the way that we train up our next generations. So in other words, we are building something that matters. We are building something that matters. And for most of us here, maybe, maybe all I'm talking about here is, is, is stuff that you've heard and you believe all your life and, and you don't see it as a, as a big deal. But, but as, as a church, as a, as a local church, and as the church uh, uh, in general, we, we need to understand that, that church membership has, has radical and long-lasting effects in our, in our lives and in our hearts, in our children's lives and in our children's hearts. And, and, and so why, why then? Why, why then is Paul in the New Testament seems to be so clearly adamant with his idea of, of church membership? Well, I, I would say to you that, that number one, the church membership seems evident from, a bunch, from several different passages in the New Testament. I mean, after all, in, in 1 Corinthians 5 and 2 Corinthians 6 is a passage I'll be preaching next week on church discipline. Uh, and connecting those with Matthew 18, um, but but in reality, how can how can Paul how can how can a local church if if there is no such thing as church discipline how in the world or a church membership how in the world can Paul command in First Corinthians five and Second Corinthians six to discipline one who has who has sinned grievously who has sinned wickedly who has sinned in 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 a in a very wicked wicked way. 
And, and, and I would even say in Matthew 18, in Jesus' own authority here, when he tells, he tells us how to approach sin in one another's lives, in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus says what? He says that if your brother sins against you, and then he lays out for us the steps by which we then take, take that sin uh, upon, uh, upon ourselves. We, we go to them personally, and then after we go to them personally, then, we, then if they don't hear us, then we go to them uh, in, a, in a small group, and then from there we, we go to them as a whole congregation. Um, and, and so we, as, as God's people, hold each other accountable, and we can't do that to any meaningful extent if, if, if there is no, there's no membership for us to guard and protect. Uh, Hebrews 13, we're told as church to submit to our elders. Uh, and I don't mean elders, not older people, but our pastors. Uh, we are told to submit to our pastors, to our elders. And we're told to, 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 to surrender um, ourselves to the teaching of Scripture. And we're also told as leaders, as elders, as pastors, we're told to, that we're going to give an account for those that we care for, which means that we need to know and be able to identify with those people who, are, who, are, who, we, who we are called to minister to and to love and to take care of. You know, it, it's amazing if, if, you, if you've done any kind of type of camping. I, I do like camping. My wife hates camping. Um, I was talking to her this past week. I said, let's go camping. She says, only if it's in a hotel room. Uh, but, but, but so, so I love camping. And, and uh, uh, so but the boys and I, we're going we're gonna to take some time camping. But it's amazing that if you, if you, you notice how, how if you were to take a, a log or a piece of coal away from, away from the, the, the fire that you have built and it's raging, if you take a, a, a log or a piece of coal and you take it and you, you set it aside, it's not going to take very long before that, that log, that piece of coal is going to burn out. It's going to burn down because it's not connected. It's not it's not receiving the encouragement of the heat from the other the other logs and coals and and charcoals and things like that that are that are burning uh, at times even white hot and the same is true for us as, as christians if if we're not careful right if we're not careful we can be like that piece of coal or that piece of uh, piece of wood that, that gets separated from the rest of the fire and it just slowly burns out if we're not careful we can become like that we can we can um, we can become like that piece of coal who will eventually just just no longer be hot uh, won't even be lukewarm because we'll eventually we'll we'll die out because we're not we're not a part of, of in any meaningful way a part of a, of a local church where we can we can be held account into account and be held accountable by the uh, by the local church for our lives and again I'm saying this we're not saying I'm not saying you know that that the pastors or the elders or the churchmen as church members we need to be going through each other's closets and 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 pantries and trying to find stuff that's not the point here the point is is rather encouragement and help toward uh, toward godliness and holiness in our in our lives and, and in all of this when Paul is writing for us here in Romans chapter 12 what does he ultimately give us that tells us what membership in a local body actually actually looks like? What, what does he mean here when he talks about what does it look like for us to, to, to be a part of a, of a local assembly? Well, as, as, as he will list out for us, you know, he says, we're many, we're many members, we're all one body, but we have lots of different members. We're not all the same offices. We don't all have all the same measures of faith and all different types of, of things that, that come and go in our lives. Uh, in our in our in our church membership, but but the, but the goal then in all of this is for us to uh, to to grow together spiritually, uh, 
in spiritual maturity, even, even uh, by God's grace, if he wills it numerically, um, that we can see his, his, him at work as we share the gospel regularly. We call sinners to repentance and faith. Right, this isn't a small matter. So, so as we're talking about this, in Romans chapter 12, what does Paul say ultimately to us? Well, he says that we are to ultimately imitate Christ, right? Because we are his body. We belong to Christ and we are of his body and therefore we are to imitate him and we are to submit to the Lord Jesus Christ because after all, he is the head of the church, right? And uh, we, are, we are to watch over and, and care for one another because ultimately Jesus Christ is king because Jesus Christ has given us uh, the, the, the calling uh, of, of, uh, of duty and challenge and, and, and benefits of, of God's grace and in all of this, what does he say about these duties and challenges of belonging to a local church, of belonging to a local membership? Well, if you flip over to Hebrews chapter 13, I think you'll see um, a couple different things. Uh, and I hate pointing this out because I know this is going to sound like I'm tooting my own horn here, but we, we, we are, are drawing attention to me, but I, and that's not how I mean this at all. But in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, li- listen, listen to what the scriptures say here. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, he says, Remember those, or them, or those, which have the rule over you, who have spoken to you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation, the King James, or life, uh, the result of their life. And then on down in verse 17, it says, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch over your souls as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that would be, or that is unprofitable for you. And so, so as God's people, how can we do that? How can, how can we submit? Um, how can we submit if we're not part of a, of a local congregation? And, and so as a result, Paul goes on in Romans chapter 12 here, and he outlines what it looks like for, for, for us to, to be a part of a local church. Notice with me here, and I'll just, I'm going to run through this, um, but I, I want you to see this. So, for instance, in verse 3, when he outlines church membership and how church membership works itself out, right, uh, what, what does he say here in verse 3? Well, we are to think of ourselves correctly with clear, humble, uh, level-headed judgment, right? And so, so as Christians, we are to not think of ourselves highly. We're not to be prideful. We're to be honoring of Christ. In verse 6, it says by, uh, we're, to, we're, to, we're to use our spiritual gifts to serve others, right? Um, we need to stir one another up to love and good works, right? Remember this, right, in Hebrews? And we're to live peace-filled lives, right, at least as much as it belongs to us, both in and outside of the assembly, of the local assembly. Now, of course, I mean, again, this, this means as, as much as it, as, it, as it depends on us. Um, you know, and, and, and I, I would say to us that, that we can seek to be very, very, uh, pe- seek, to, seek to live peace-filled lives. And because people are, are of, the dar- of, of the kingdom of darkness, they're, they're not going to react well to that. Um, so that, again, it, it says at least as much as it depends on us. Um, we, need to, we need to seek to, to honor Christ by, by seeking to live lives that are filled with the peace of Christ. Um, and and by, by lovingly and genuinely uh, caring for others in verses 9 and 10. This is what Paul says here. This is, this is our calling as brothers and sisters in Christ, that our love is to be without any sort of hypocrisy. The King James says dissimulation, but, but hypocrisy is the idea there. And then he goes on, he says, and then abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. 
uh, be kindly affectionate. So, so these these realities happen as you and I are living uh, are living out the uh, living out our commitment to Christ. We're living out our commitment to one another through through uh, a commitment to the to the local church. And he goes on in verse ten. He says uh, we are literally to outdo one another regarding integrity and good works. Right. And he goes on in verse 11, he says, uh, another, another outline of this is, is that we are to serve God diligently and faithfully from the heart by serving each other and by caring for one another. And in verse 12, we're called to rejoice in hope, being patient in times of trouble and relentless in prayer, right? We need, we need one another, brothers and sisters. We need one another. Um, we need one another as brothers and sisters in Christ to hold each other accountable, to be a blessing to one another, to help one another, to encourage one another when we are struggling. Also in verse 13, he goes on and he says that we are to contribute to one another's needs by showing hospitality. And then he goes on, he says, not only showing hospitality, but in verse 15, we are to rejoice with those who are rejoicing and weeping with those who weep. And then in verse 16 and 18, we are to live in harmony with fellow members in the, in the body. Right, and then in verse sixteen, he says, "By not being proud and associating, but but by associating with with just ordinary people," and then also in verse seventeen, by doing what is worthy of respect in the sight of all. And so, um, I think I've shared this before, but 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 I was a um, um, but I was a, I was a part of a of a local church once, who um, when I was in college, and there they they um, they specifically had a business meeting where they voted on not having particular types of people come to their church because they, they didn't appreciate their, their, their building and they, they, were, they were not very uh, well-dressed and, and, and things like that. I did not stay at that church long after that. I wasn't the pastor, but I, I sought another biblical community. But I'll say to us that as God's people, we understand that, that it doesn't matter who we are, where we come from, what our life was like before Christ. If we are in Christ, we are called to love one another. And we're called to associate together in Christ for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the honoring of God in all things, that we are to associate with one another, helping one another, encouraging one another. And we're certainly not to be prideful people. We're to honor Christ. It doesn't mean that we're to be milk toast by, by all means. We have too many milk toast people in our culture. We have too many milk toast, weak need people in our culture. We don't need any more of those. We need to be men and women who love one another uh, and who, who minister to one another and care for one another um, and, and love the truth of the word of God enough to call one another to repentance and faith uh, or continuing uh, repentance and faith in our lives and godliness. And as a result, then Paul lays out for us what the benefits of all of this is. Did, did you notice what, what he'll say um, <clears throat> um, in, in uh, chapter 12? Well, I, we didn't read this part, but if you go on down in chapter 12, he, he says the benefits then is that we're able to do things like feed our enemy when they're hungry, right? In verse 20, if they're thirsty, we can give them a drink, right? And, and we're able to, to, to respond, not in kind, but we're able to respond in a way that honors Christ even if, even if we are calling sinners point blank to repentance and faith and calling what they're doing wicked and evil as they should be called out for, their, for, for the wickedness and the evil of their own hearts and what they're doing, at the end of the day, what are, as God's people, we are called to, to honor Christ in every sense of the word. We don't bow the knee. We don't bow the knee to Caesar or anyone else, but we honor Christ. We honor Christ. And every one of us is called to overcome divisions and to pursue unity. So, so natural divisions, divisions that would say, oh, you know, well, I wouldn't normally hang out with this person. Okay, so you wouldn't normally hang out with this person. But guess what? You're in Christ now. Let's love one another. 
Let's love one another. Let's care for one another. Let's, 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 let's bless one another in Christ. Because the, the local church, as, as we assemble week in and week out, we get, a, we get a very real taste of heaven. We really do. You say, well, I, I, I don't know about that. Well, well I, okay, you don't know about it, but, but, but I do because this is what the Scripture tells us. That as we assemble together, as we sit under the authority of the Word of God, as we sing and as we, we, we hear the God's Word being proclaimed, we are reminded of, of, of ultimately what, what, what it's going to be like to be a part of, of heaven, uh, the foretaste of, of the glory of heaven, of being together uh, as one in Christ ultimately on that day when Christ comes. Um, and so, so we as God's people, we enjoy and we rejoice in the fact that we're called to, to, to love and honor Christ as we love and honor one another. And this is why Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 1, verse 10, and he says to the church that was very fragmented, that was very, very fragmented, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, he, he calls them and he says to them, I'm appealing to you, my brothers and my sisters, that you, you would, there would not be any sort of division, but instead that you would be united together, right? That he wanted them to be united together in one mind, in one heart. And in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, Paul reminds the church at Philippi there and, and us as well that if there, if there was any encouragement or comfort from love or anything else that's, that's given to us, right, that, that he wanted them to, to encourage his own heart by being of the same mind, of having the same, same love, to being in full accord of one mind, of having the mind of Christ. And so I, I would simply say this to us as God's people, as sons and daughters of the King of King Jesus or of the Father and, and uh, uh, as uh, co-heirs with Christ. And we as God's people are called to hold up and understand that, that, that biblical church membership is important because the church presents God's witness. The church presents God's witness in the world. We, we proclaim to the world the witness of Christ we proclaim the of the of, of the of of Christ's gospel, right? In the church's membership, non-Christians should see in our lives lives that have been transformed and changed by the power of the gospel. They should see a people holy and gracious toward one another, caring and loving, and the power of the gospel seen fully on display, not just by saving sinners and transforming sinners, but also encouraging holiness and godliness in our lives that Christ could be glorified. Again, living together in harmony and in love with grace, understanding that, that we're not always going to agree and we're not always going to think that we should be doing things the way uh, things, things may be a little different. Uh, uh, so, so, you know, oh my goodness. But, 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 but loving one another enough to say, um, I don't care what our differences are, we're united in Christ, we love each other, we honor Christ, and we, we make much of Christ because we, we are called to meaningful biblical church membership. Not not some not some country club. Not some hey you know you can you know it doesn't really matter uh, you know um, what happens or what goes on. But 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 true biblical meaningful church membership. And I want to close with how I started. Was simply quoting for us the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith when it talks about the church in chapter 26 again. Just remember what we're called to, brothers and sisters. We're called to walk together in particular churches for mutual edification or encouragement and worship. Therefore, being a part of a local assembly is essential for gospel obedience. 
Let us love Christ. Let us serve Christ. Let us humble ourselves before Christ. And let us see membership as, as not just biblical, but as important covenant relationships together. Let's pray. Father, we ask now that you would help us to see that uh, first, the only reason we can have meaningful covenant relationships with one another is because of Christ, because of the work of Christ on the cross, and because of his, because of his, um, his work, we are able to be reconciled, not just with the Father, but also together. Um, and we are able to rejoice in Christ, serve Christ together, people that are brought together who normally necessarily wouldn't have been. But God, we praise you for this. We, we ask now your blessings upon us as your churches and help us to, to always uh, um, see where perhaps uh, membership uh, uh, maybe hasn't been meaningful for, for some of us. And uh, we, we need to correct that. And, and, and Father, uh, or where we as a church have not, have not held to uh, biblical uh, membership. And, and God, we, we just pray that you would help us and guide us. You would, you would guard our hearts that we would love and learn from the Word of God and be empowered by the Spirit that we would encourage and love one another for the glory of the Father and for the sake of the gospel and the advancement of His kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.